pleasure of talking to one of my very good friends, uh, Mr. Eddie Whitman, uh, the assistant men's basketball coach at uh, University of New Haven. And uh, today I'm just going to talk to him about how he grew up and what, what he did to get involved in coaching. And I'm going to have him talk a little bit about, you know, his journey and uh, what it takes to become a coach at a uh, at the college level. So, Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, happy to be on your podcast. Be some fun. Absolutely. And Cass, you you've been there watching me do the podcast for a minute, so so it's about time I had you on. You know. Yeah, of course. Right. So, first question: How did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Yeah, I've loved basketball since I was a little kid. It's basically been a part of me forever. Um, I started playing when I was like four years old. Didn't have quite the skill to play at the college level, but I knew I wanted to be a part of it when, once I got there. So being a manager in college was something I was looking for probably by my junior year in high school because I knew playing in college wasn't going to happen. So I knew I wanted to be a part of a college program in some capacity. So I pursued that and luckily had the chance to work for the team at Marist for four years. and it was really was awesome. That's great, dude. And uh, you talked about, you know, how you sort of had to decide, decide to make the shift uh, from, you know, playing to uh, being involved with the program. And, you know, what was it like growing up playing? Yeah, um, I wasn't a great player. I think I was a fairly good player. Um, playing in high school didn't exactly work out. Um, I was actually cut all four years at my high school, which definitely at the time made me pretty pissed. But at the right now, I live with the facts that I'm not great. I wasn't great. I'm, I can still give a few guys some buckets, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> um, my high school had a really good team. Even there's a guy in the NBA right now, Tremont Waters, who was playing there. So it wasn't in the cards to play basketball for too long. Obviously, I still play as much as I can and played, but I knew there was more avenues in basketball. Like there was a kid I met in my high school who kind of had something similar to me. He was on the basketball team, didn't play a lot, and went on to be a manager in college. So he told me that'd be a good option. So obviously I would have wanted to play as much as I could, but wasn't in the cards, but I've played AU basketball pretty much my whole childhood and even in high school, but I've always loved playing basketball, even though it's not the highest competitive level. It's my, whenever I can get on the court, it's, it's always fun. Absolutely, dude. And I mean, I've seen it firsthand. Like we all know, I, I gave you the nickname for a reason, Edward Cash, uh, because you're a knockdown three-point shooter, very high basketball IQ, dude. And I think that, you know, you going through that is partially what made you so resilient, especially in, in something as cutthroat as basketball. And, you know, having to get cut all those years and, you know, just not being able to be the type of player I know that you want to be, uh, that, that had to be tough. So what, what was it like getting through all that? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, every year I progressively worked harder. I thought I was getting better. I think I was, but it didn't work out and at the time. I did. <laughs> but at the time, definitely being really mad at the coaches. I haven't talked to them since, but of course, I'm not really mad at them anymore. But at the time, it was everything to me with the play high school basketball. But looking back on it, it really isn't everything, especially for me not going to play in college or play past past high school at all. But of course, at the time, it feels like everything, right. but definitely learned so much out of that. Um, basically, my hunger to just outwork everybody and do whatever it takes to get what I want, even if it's not playing. There's 
I learned there's so much more to basketball and sports than just what happens on the field or the court. There's just so much more, so many more opportunities than you could even imagine. So I made the transition when I went to college to get involved with the Marist men's team as much as I could. Then had an awesome opportunity to play with the women's team in practice on the court, which got to relive kind of my glory days of <laughs> knocking down some three-pointers. But Absolutely. It was all, I mean, it was all part of the plan, but I'm happy where I've ended up now. Absolutely. And you're, you're an intramural legend. You know, you're always playing pickup every day. And, you know, you can really tell when someone really loves the game. And uh, that was evident in, you know, going, being in school with you for the past three years and being around you for the past three years. It, it's evident due to your consistency and how much you just, how much effort you apply to the game. It's just, you, you can tell that you really love this thing and, and that you're going to go far in it. And I, I'm absolutely sure, no, no matter what your high school basketball coach has said. And um, so who were your idols? Um, growing up in Connecticut, all the UConn point guards were where it starts with Kemba Walkers. He's definitely number one, just being a small point guard. I mean, all the UConn point guards, like whether it's Shabazz Napier, even a guy like Ryan Boatwright, all those guys when I was younger were guys I idolized, just being a smaller player who just – play with heart, grit. So being able to see those UConn players up close and personal was pretty awesome. And even like a guy like Ray Allen when I was younger, uh, I'm when I played when I was younger, I didn't have as much skill, but I could definitely shoot the ball better than pretty much everyone I played against. So kind of seeing guys like that, but <laughs> at times, yeah. But definitely those UConn guys, starting with Kemba Walker and Shabazz Napier, definitely – I see. Give me someone in my area to look up to, I guess. Right, right. And, you know, me being from Syracuse, you know, probably I'm on the other side of that, you know, not liking any of those UConn guys. And uh, I'm sure that we, we have different memories when it comes, you know, growing up and watching college basketball and uh, our local teams. And so did you have any NBA guys that you looked at either? I mean, I didn't really watch the NBA a lot until I was in high school, so there really wasn't I didn't have that big draw to the NBA until I guess I got a little older. I was all college, all March Madness, pretty much all the time. But once I really started watching the NBA, obviously Steph Curry jumps out because he's changed the game so much. And a guy like Russell Westbrook, I know some people get caught up in his antics at times, but I just, (laughs) I know we've had some discussions about him, but yeah, I, I just love his fire and how hard he plays. Obviously, I don't think he's a perfect player and I'm glad he stopped shooting threes as much, but <laughs> I, I definitely respect that of him, but all those guys, whether it's LeBron, just his strive for greatness. I know it's kind of a cliche, but it really is true how hard he works. And mm-hmm. I had a chance to see it firsthand one time when I was out in Cleveland. So that was pretty cool. But those are a few NBA guys, but obviously all those guys are so much better than people think. Even that the worst guy in the NBA, the last guy on the bench is a really darn good player. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you look at the Final Four's most outstanding player last year, Kyle Guy. He's on the end of the bench in Sacramento, who's barely even, who's not even going to be a playoff team, which is crazy in my opinion. But, you know, that's that's for another time. You know, I'm wearing my Virginia Men's Basketball National Championship shirt. I didn't even know you got that shirt. Yeah, bro. I have this one and I have it in orange too. I bought two of them. There you go. I, I, I Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, I kind of spent too much money, but, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Had to do it. Who knows when Virginia's going to win again? And you sort of talked about, like, how uh, the you, you your basketball, your playing career, you know, sort of had uh, an unfortunate 
scenario. So that's kind of why you got into coaching. But, you know, why else did you want to coach besides just, you know, not being able to play anymore? I didn't know I wanted to coach until I got to college and got to my freshman year as a manager. And going through freshman year as a manager, I, didn't, I had no clue what college basketball was and what how much went into it. I just thought I saw on TV they, they played the games and then that's it. So I didn't realize how much behind how much there was behind it. And even like I remember one of the coaches my freshman year was like seeing me on the bus after a game, just being so pissed that we lost. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm not playing. And like he did have a talk to me about that. Like he wanted to know why I was just so mad that we lost a game. It's just, <laughs> it's true. I know you know how I feel about that at times, but yeah. just that competitiveness in me, even if I'm not on the court, I realized that there was so much, like going to college basketball, I guess how much goes into it. I realized there was an opportunity for me to coach, even if I didn't play. So right. I guess start in my freshman year, I started to realize that if I wanted to coach in the future, that was a possibility for me, even though I didn't get to play. Right. And, you know, you definitely put in so much passion and heart into the game. And I've seen, I've seen a distraught Eddie many a times in the past <laughs> few years, you know, I've witnessed it firsthand, but I've also seen you on the opposite end and being ecstatic, you know, for someone who keep, who likes to keep cool most of the time, it's pretty awesome you know, to see you get riled up when we have a big win or something like that, or someone hits a big shot. So it's always a rare occasion, but, you know, we always love to see Eddie get out of his seat and get pumped up. Uh, But, you know, talk to me a little bit about your experiences as a manager, you know, like what were those things that you uh, expected coming in and, you know, what was the reality that hit you? It was more than I ever expected. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a manager. Like when I was applying for schools, I was reaching out to the basketball program, seeing if I'd have a chance to work with them and have any kind of role with them. And some schools said definitely, and some said we'll have to see when you get here. Uh, so when I got to Marist, really I got to experience everything I wanted to, both being a part of the team every day, being on the court every day, doing whatever it takes behind the scenes, whatever the coaches need to help win. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do whatever it took, whether it was taking things off the players' hands or the coaches' hands, I wanted to do it or help them in any way. But just, I think learning was the biggest thing. Like at times I'd be kind of on the outside just looking in, just taking everything in, trying to learn as much as I can. But it was, it was awesome. Whether it was traveling to different schools, even traveling abroad to tournaments. Yeah. It was, it's, it's crazy how much I got out of just being a manager because I don't think people truly realize how much I guess goes into it and what you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, looking back on it, I can't even imagine. Like it still shocks me how much I got out of it, but I wouldn't have changed anything. Right. Yeah. And what was, what was, was there like a certain thing that clicked in your head that, Oh my gosh, this is more than just, you know, rolling out a ball and a bunch of guys just playing like this is a, actual business this is actual like lifestyle uh, for everyone here you know what was what was that moment if there was one yeah, there was a lot of moments it's just the consistent pursuit of this whether it's recruiting or scouting like I didn't realize the scouting that went into it like when I tell people like my friends and family about how much goes into it they're kind of in shock I basically would say like the other team has a play coming our assistant coaches some of the time or most of the time well, what do we know the play that's coming based on how it's set up? And like, the amount of preparation that goes into that is insane. Like, you can't just watch 10 minutes of the game and just click it. Like, yep. it's the amount of work that goes into that that I've learned from both the staffs at Maris when I was, when I was there, just 
there's so much that goes into it. And of course they both had their different ways of going about scouting, but right. just learning how much goes into that. Even with recruiting, you'll be going six straight days with, with games and practices. And then on a Sunday afternoon practice, you got a re- two recruits coming in. Yeah. You got to put on bright smile. Like you're not tired at all, even though you've been in a grind for what four months it could be. Yeah. And just it, the nonstop pursuit of winning. I, I don't think there's one moment that solidified that for me, but just, over time, it definitely, I learned more and more and just showed how much goes into it for every single day. It's, it's nonstop. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, what what piece of advice would you give uh, someone who, who's interested in becoming a manager in college and isn't quite sure? You know, what piece of advice would you say, you know, this is something that you should do or this is something that you should have in terms of, uh, you know, being successful as a manager? Yeah, I think there's a balance because obviously I would like to say everyone should do it, but if you're not truly invested in trying to be a part of the team, you shouldn't do it. But if you're fully invested and want to be a part of basketball and a part of the team, and whether it's if you want to pursue coaching or something else in basketball or another sport in the future, but if you are definitely invested in doing it, I would totally suggest it. I mean, getting up, obviously from the outside, it sounds flashy, but getting up on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock as a college student, most people don't like to do that, yeah. but especially if you're not playing, but yeah, everything I got out of it was great. Uh, never had any complaints. Obviously some days are challenged more than others with tasks you either do or don't want to do. Right. Like as the young manager doing laundry, my freshman year, pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. Didn't love that, but yeah, just, that can be tough. There's just so much to learn that even if you played high school basketball, there's like, so much stuff that you you have no idea that goes on absolutely yeah and and the laundry is just like a small piece of it and you look at like laundry travel packing everything that that you do as a manager it's it's insane like who 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 knows that coming in and and it's it's definitely it's definitely one of those you know learn as you go type of jobs exactly yeah and, you know, so while you're a manager, you're also able to make some key connections. And you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you weren't just in Cleveland, you know, checking everything out. You were an intern during the Eastern Conference uh, finals one year when LeBron was there. Uh, talk to me a little bit uh, about what you learned in that internship. Yeah, that was a crazy time. And that connection really, uh, it still surprised me how it happened. Like, it really is crazy how fast it happened. I. One of our assistant coaches at the time, C.J. Lee, who I'm really close with, and I know you're close with him too. He's he's the goat. But his yeah, his mom works for the Cavaliers, so he put me in connection with her. So he knew I was trying to pursue something in sports, and we talked for a few months, had a few interviews, and I was lucky enough to go out there for the Easter Conference Finals. And I literally landed in Cleveland that morning, and the department I was interning with was like the video department. I bounced around a lot and like first day he, they're like, all right, we're gonna go down to the press conference room and just do some press conference. So I, I walk in the gym and it's LeBron shooting. And I'm like, I'm been, I've been in Cleveland for like an hour and I'm seeing LeBron James get shots up, mm-hmm. which was crazy. It just quick side note. It was crazy with LeBron working out after practice. He'll literally make 43s in a row and he'll yeah. miss one and he'll, and he will just be so pissed at himself that he missed one three, yep. which, <laughs> didn't shock me didn't shock me because of how good he is but just to see right. that in person him actually be that pissed off with himself mm-hmm. really just blew my mind but that yeah. opportunity was crazy I mean I was just jumping around I 
I was there for a short time, but it felt like even shorter. Mm -hmm. It was definitely one of my most memorable experiences with sports. Just every day, seeing something new. I was anything that needed to be done, I was thrown at it. And pretty much similar to me as a manager, no job was too too big or small. But right, it was definitely a crazy experience to be there at all. Awesome, awesome cash, and uh, you also got to intern with. Uh, another professional team in the WNBA. So you've, you've seen it. Not only have you seen it from like practices from both sides in terms of men's and women's college basketball, but you've also seen what it's like in both sides and professional as well. And that is something that is truly amazing. And it shows just how dynamic of a person you are. You also worked with the Connecticut sun uh, last summer, right? Yeah, I did. And as an intern with that, so what, what did you learn uh, working with them? I know that one was a little bit longer because you did the entire summer and even into the school year in their playoff run. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. And I guess shamefully to say, the WNBA doesn't get the respect that they should. And me before last summer, I didn't even give them the respect I should have. But right. being around that league for the whole summer, I realized not, not only how good they are, but just how much respect that they should be getting. And obviously I wasn't working on the court, but just being around that team and being in broadcast rooms and just being in the arena, seeing these girls play, they're, they are really, really good. And for the slander they get by stupid high school boys on social yep. media, just <laughs> ever since then, I've always wanted to be the one to just call them all out, but it's, yeah, I guess not my place to do it, but it's just, they're so talented and it's crazy how good they are at everything. Obviously, everyone here is really skilled, but there's there are some athletic players, and they they can really play. Yeah, but just that, that overall experience, being a part of a professional sports team for an entire summer, and being able to talk with players and coaches, and be in press conference rooms. It's obviously I'm pursuing coaching now, but seeing the other side of sports that, as I said, off the court, but just everything that goes into the operation of putting on professional sports, I had no clue of, and right. that really provided me the opportunity to not learn everything, but I definitely learned a fair amount about what goes into pro sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like those, those were just two, you know, amazing opportunities and I'm so glad no one deserves it more than you. And I'm so glad you got to do that. And I, I'm sure those are going to help you, you know, just progress and continue to learn. And yeah, the WNBA definitely does not get the respect it deserves. And I think that moment for me uh, being from Syracuse, was, uh, you know, we have this uh, publication, it's called Syracuse.com, or the Post Standard. And I remember looking, uh, it was either a video or a photo. I was a young kid, probably like 10, 11 years old. And Brianna Stewart was in high school. Uh, she's one of the best players in the world now uh, in the WNBA. She was dunking in a high school, in, <laughs> in high school. <laughs> And they had posted about it either on Syracuse.com or in the Post Standard, their uh, newspaper publication. And I remember just seeing, this is a high school girl from my city dunking. And I'm just like, all right, you know, you, so, some girls are just amazing at, 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 at sports and, and, and they definitely deserve uh, that sort. Because I, I certainly wasn't dunking at that time in my life. Like, I wasn't even close. And, and the fact that she was able to do that it just gave me this... I had so much respect for her and 
and and the program and w what they did over there at uh, CNS and I, I I continue to watch it to this day because uh, Seattle Storm they're my favorite team in the WNBA and won the championship a couple years ago I was pretty happy about that Sue Bird Jewel Lloyd Brianna Stewart it's a good team no Brianna Stewart's crazy I mean like the first game I'm looking for live sports and the WNBA was on. I definitely want to watch that. And Brianna Stewart, literally coming off an Achilles tear last year, she looked like she was didn't miss a beat. Just, yeah. I think she's the best player in the world. But as you said, to see someone so close to your, basically in your hometown, yeah, dunking in high school, it's it's crazy to see how things come full circle. Yeah, she's like a woman's Kevin Durant, in my opinion. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> she's awesome. All right, uh, so. What about some of the other experiences you had? Uh, I know you did hoop group. Uh, you've worked uh, at the Marist basketball camps. Uh, you, you've done a lot. So what have been some of the other things? Oh, I know you train your sister too, right? She's a high school do, basketball yeah. player. And I know you do so much. So uh, tell me a little bit, you know, about like what you do, what you've done in, in terms of some of the other things that you've gotten into as, as well as the internships and the man, being the manager at Marist. Yeah, like looking back on it, like in my college experience, like seeing how much I did with basketball really kind of blows my mind still. I don't realize, like, I'm like, at times, I'm like, how the hell did I do all this stuff at the same time? But going to Hooker was crazy. Just once again, just learning another side of basketball, like the recruiting landscape, just working the camp and seeing like 200 coaches watching these games. I'm like, this really is, it really is really important to a lot of people. Right. And, just getting as much opportunity and as much, I guess, learning experience as possible, whether it was working at Marist with the men's and women's camps, being able to actually coach and get on the floor and draw up a few plays, draw up some drills, yeah, uh, put them through some work. And even other camps I've worked, uh, even sleepway camps in Connecticut, there's a bunch I've tried to work. It really is about, I've learned that the basketball coaching industry is all about connections and knowing as many people, people as you can. And that, Absolutely. I guess we'll talk about it later, but that's how I got my opportunity at New Haven to start. Mm -hmm. Just trying to network and make connections. And I know you mentioned me working on my sister, but yeah, I we've been doing that all summer. There's not not much to do with quarantine going on, so right. we've been on the court pretty much every day. And hey. it's cool. To, I'm almost reliving my wishful high school career through her. Got, obviously, I wished I had a high school career where I was starting, getting my name called every night, hitting threes, crowd going crazy, but seeing her success is it makes me pretty happy and yeah i'm yeah. not gonna be too confident but it's only beginning for her she's she's gonna be a problem she she could shoot it too yeah i know i mean i mean the last name whitman uh, the fact that you're coaching her I, I can already tell she's gonna be a pretty good player she's gonna be a pretty <laughs> good shooter at least and i know that you know you're, you're definitely gonna have a hand in whatever success she has in the sport if she chooses to go on and play in college and and i know that you know, she's grateful for you. And I know that you've, you've done a lot. In, in my opinion, I think that's even more important than, you know, working at the hoop groups and all that stuff, because then you can actually say uh, you're working on actual player development rather than doing a sort of, um, you know, just busy work at some of these camps. And that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what you have to do uh, growing up. And that's what you have to do as when you're, you know, just starting off in the coaching ranks. It's something that you always just have to work up and, and, you know, just having a direct impact on her is probably going to be one of your most rewarding experiences, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been awesome. And obviously not trying to put too much pressure on her because 
Right. At the end of the day, where you go to college or playing at the highest level possible really doesn't matter all that much. So if she has a chance to play in college, that'd be pretty cool for her and for me to see that. But obviously having a successful high school career is step one right now. And hopefully down the road, she'll get a chance to play somewhere. Hey, you're a smart man, Eddie. I know, I know that you uh, don't want to put any pressure on her, and I appreciate that. You're, you're a good big brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, talk, talking about your family, uh, your dad has also had an important impact on your basketball career. I know he coaches as well. He, he's a youth coach in the area. Yeah, not anymore, but he coached me all the way through my childhood, and then both my sisters going up. They, he's been, he's been the coach. Right, right, and and I know that just last year he took you to the Final Four. Talk to me about that experience. That must have been amazing. Yeah, so my twenty-first birthday present. That was a surprise. Uh, he definitely had the Final Four ticket prices are crazy, so he had a connection to obviously help lower those prices a little bit, which was the only reason why we went to begin with. Uh, but that experience was crazy. Not only being able to see the games, and last year's Final Four was three great Unbelievable. games. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like every, every game down to the last minute, and seeing that play where Kyle guy got fouled in the three, I thought the Auburn fans were going to run the court and attack the referee. That's how pissed some people were. It was crazy. But yeah, seeing Kyle guy knock down three three throws with – literally 100,000 people screaming, just yeah. one, two, three, like it's nothing. That was crazy. And obviously having other opportunities to try to network and stuff. But yeah, there was, was like a manager dinner that I somehow I signed up for and luckily got picked to attend. Right. But that was pretty cool. But the whole experience, like I've told people that's the greatest sports experience I've ever seen. Just the Final Four. It, yeah. it being a college sporting event that big, it really takes over an entire city for – an entire week. I don't think you see that too often with other sporting events, especially collegiate ones. Absolutely, absolutely. Like until until these recent protests, I'm sure Minneapolis has never seen that much, you know, craziness happen in their city uh, at, at one time. And uh, that that must have been sick to you know, not only just to go to the Final Four and be there, but to you know, travel. I, I bet you've never been to Minnesota before, right? Yeah, never. Like that's that's probably one of the coolest things is, is everyone just converges on one city and and we watch three basketball games and it's it's the millions and millions and millions of dollars that go into that weekend and you know how what that's able to do and funding and my last guest uh, Anthony Lucides he he was telling me that four percent of what is made during uh, the NCAA tournament funds the entire a division three sports uh championships like that is the 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 how people don't understand how big that is and and it, it's not cheap to you know house uh the division three championships it's not like you could just throw them up in small hotels and small venues like d3 players get treated get treated pretty well too you know it's 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 an entire business, and it's crazy. And I, I, I can't believe that you got that experience. I hope to one day experience that one day. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, like no one deserves it more than you. And how was the the manager sort of connection there? Like uh, it was a dinner, you said, right? Yeah, so I came across a link on online. I think I was researching some stuff to – I obviously didn't have the credentials to go to the – 
guess, coaching summit that they have at the Final Four because obviously I'm not a coach yet. Right. So trying to find something that I could do while I was there to, I guess, make the most of the weekend being there. That was pretty pretty much the extent of it. But pretty much it was all former managers who are now coaches because all the coaches are in town when the Final Four happens, at least a lot of them. Some decide not to go, but it's that's basically the coaches' meetings for the upcoming season. So they're all there. And right. The former former managers that are now coaches or even current managers, it was just a big big event where they talked about their experiences and how to how they made the jump from being a manager to a coach, obviously, because coming from the same thing of not being a player in college. So basically learning from – I had the chance to learn from people who went through the similar path I'm go, currently going through. And I think it definitely did set me up for – I guess my attack plan for my senior year for trying to get an opportunity after college. Absolutely. And uh, that leads us right into what my next topic was going to be. And that is becoming an assistant coach at uh, the division two uh, university of new Haven. Uh, you, you, you got the position on your birthday, correct? Like that was, yeah, I did. March. So yeah. So obviously I was sitting at home back from school, pretty upset that I wasn't at school right now to finish out my senior year yeah and I had been talking to the head coach in New Haven but I hadn't heard hadn't heard from him for like two weeks so I was like I guess I guess I didn't nail that initial phone call so I guess we'll have to move on to the next thing and then I don't know where I got a phone call I was I was talking with the head coach it was going well and he said if you want to join our staff we'd be happy to have you uh you don't, he's like, you don't have to give me an answer now. And I was like, no, I'll give you my answer now. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally in. So just really excited about that. And I guess people don't know from the outside. Like I really tried to work it that whole year, not just with New Haven, but other schools. Right. And it wasn't, and it, it was, it was real. And I was reaching out with not the intent of getting a job, but just making the connection and wish them good luck in games and congratulating them on wins. And they actually made a big run in the conference tournament as they were one of the last seeds to get in the conference tournament and they made a run to the championship. So I was in contact with him a lot for all the whole coaching staff during that time. So it works out well. It's close to my house, 10 minutes from home. So I'm excited to get started. Unfortunately, COVID's going to make it a little different than usual, but right. it's going to be fun to get started. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you had to go through like a bunch of interviews, like people don't understand like the amount of, work and effort and all the things you have to go through just to you know get an interview or just to get to a response from a lot of coaches and you know talk to me about like how you managed to not only stay positive and confident but you know how, how did you manage to get that connection like it, it's it had to be pretty hard right yeah absolutely and I know when we when we lost with Maris in the MAC tournament that day, I I literally obviously upset that my college career with the basketball team was over. But right then, as I woke into what's next, I mean, so that ended first week of March, and it was a quick process because I knew at first it's so hard to get a job in coaching, especially like a really good job. Right. Um, obviously, mine's like an entry level one. I'm just getting my master's degree in sports management, so I'm not exactly getting paid much. But getting my first opportunity. I've, people told me that's, that's the hardest one is getting the first one. Yep. And at times, even if coaches are interested in hiring you, they may not be able to because there's nothing open. So exactly. it's partially, partially luck and partially who you know. So I'm lucky enough to have some of my connections reach out to the 
New Haven staff. And luckily, some of my connections were friendly with or friends or friendly with the New Haven staff, and that definitely boded well for me. But I definitely think what I did, I worked really hard. I really did. I was in the gym. It sounds crazy, but between both the men's and women's teams, at least six hours a day most days, which yeah, some, people, some, yeah, some people think it's crazy, but mm -hmm. I guess that's what it took for me to get an opportunity. So as I said before, I'm happy with everything I accomplished at Marist, but excited for what's next. Wish I could still be at Marist in college, but excited to get started whenever that is. Hopefully we get a somewhat normal season. Right, absolutely. And, 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 and I hope you do soon. You, you, you talk about what, what you had to go through in order to get, you know, the interview and the connections and the job, uh, but you're also going to receive your master's degree. And I know you just mentioned that. And uh, could you give uh, anyone watching this, you know, you know, what is it like applying for grad school? You know, do you have any advice? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I only applied to New Haven because I knew that it was a possibility. I mean, in the winter, I realized like, it was a possibility that I could get on the staff there because I know they only had, they might have an opening in terms of a well paid and get my master's degree. I thought that was an opportunity I could mm -hmm. get a chance there. So I, I did apply in like January and February, just in case uh, an opportunity did present itself and luckily for myself, it did. I mean, it kind of was a perfect storm. I had been talking to the head coach there for a number of weeks. So I was, kind of hoping that it was going in that direction that I'd be able to join the team. Right. But applying wasn't that hard. I had to take a test. So basically like the SAT for grad school. So that was an interesting experience. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the most fun preparing for that, but ah. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to, especially during COVID, I know people and friends of mine are having tough times finding jobs just because of the world we live in right now, unfortunately. Absolutely. But I, the fact that I'm getting coaching experience and also being able to, get another degree and something that interests me and obviously coaching right now is priority one but I think that a master's degree in sports management could set me up for anything if I do want to pursue something in professional sports or even college sports it definitely although I'm not going to be making a ton of money in the next year uh I think it just sets me up well for the future I hope right yeah and absolutely and that's you know that's just part of your process that's just a part of the the long grind it takes and I completely understand it. Now I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what you have in store. Uh, what are you expecting uh, to get out of this? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really going to throw myself out there. It's been awesome getting to know the coaches and even the players now, even though it's on Zoom and text, but getting to know them. It definitely feels a little weird at the beginning, making the jump from basically being the players' friends to right. still, being, still being friendly with the players, but in a different way. Yeah, um, obviously not in a dominance kind of way, just kind of in a mentorship kind of way, but kind of just, yeah. I'm here to help. I'm here to do whatever you need of me. Right. It definitely is just a different approach to it, but so far everything's been great with, obviously, as I said, just Zoom calls and basically doing what I think is right at the moment, just trying to learn our team and learn the recruiting landscape and just learn everything that goes into, it's, I guess there's a difference between in college as a manager watching the coaches do it than opposed to actually having to do it. Right. Excited for, I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to get to work with our team. I think we have a really, really talented team. Our, I wasn't involved in recruiting this year because I was just getting hired, but I know the coaches that were there last year going into this year, they're confident, so that makes me confident. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen, I've seen the roster and I think you, you definitely have a reason to be, you know, excited for this coming season. And like, like it's, it's a, it's going to be a great time. You know, hopefully you'll be able to have as normal of a season as possible. Uh, you never know what could happen, especially in this day and age, in this environment. Uh, but, you know, I'm just, you know, hoping everyone stays safe, hoping you stay safe uh, during all of this. And uh, to finish off this interview, I have to ask you about the bubble in the NBA and what they're doing. And uh, could you give me a few predictions? Uh, these games start uh, pretty soon. So uh, wh who do you think is going to come away with uh, the championship this year in the, in the improvised NBA bubble? Yeah, I, from the start to the Clippers, I still think that they're the team that's going to win there or the team to beat. Uh, I just think, obviously, I think the Lakers have the best duo, but I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George added on with the guys they have, even from last year. With, I think Montrezl Harrell's probably the most underrated player or one of the most in the league, and Wu Williams could get a bucket whenever he wants to, and having a guy like Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, but I like the Clippers a lot. I think the Lakers – Obviously, would not be surprised to see LeBron win another championship just because that's what he does. It seems like he's he's always in the final. He's a winner. But I think the East is what's most exciting. I think it's almost a two-team race in the West. But in the East, obviously, the Bucks are the favorite. But I right. think the Celtics have a lot of talent. I think a team like the Miami Heat don't get a lot of respect. But yeah. I think the way they play and like the way they played in the regular season against a team like the Bucks, mm -hmm. I think they could cause problems. I don't know if they're a finals team, but right. I wouldn't be surprised if I could see – Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, those guys make a run. But I'm excited for basketball back. True that. I know you read his book. I got to yep. check that one out. <laughs> yep. Uh, go, go excited on. to get basketball back. Yeah, dude, same. Same. Uh, you, you didn't – I know I kind of cut you off, and I, I apologize for that. And uh, you didn't mention one team in the East that, uh, you know, I you, you know I have a certain connection with, and, you know, I <laughs> – have certain feelings about so uh why didn't you mention that special team that's near and dear to my heart yes they deserve some love too i think if they could if they could put the pieces together i think they also can make a finals run uh simmons and Embiid, obviously talent wise i think they're just as good as any duo in the league it's a matter of them putting it together right i think the sixers are as talented as any team in the league i i think tobias harris is a good player so He's i think the east in the East, I, I, you're right. Philly should be included in my <laughs> opening statement, but Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and Philly, I think any of them can make the finals for sure. Right. I mean, no no hard feelings. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yes, you know. Uh, like, it, it's been a blast talking to you, man. It's been a blast having you on and talking about, you know, your future in coaching and uh, what, what's gone into becoming – uh, the assistant coach over at New Haven. And I'm so happy for you, so proud of you. I've been with you through some of it. These past three years have been a blast with you, man. And I'm so excited to, uh, you know, watch you and see what happens uh, moving forward. Uh, do you have any anything you'd like to say uh, to finish off the podcast? No, it was it was fun. It's always fun to talk hoops with you. It's, as you said, been a fun three years. Excited to see what you do in the future. I'm excited for you moving to next basketball season. Um, Thank you. Thank you, are, you, you. You've earned everything you get and hundred percent with that, but definitely it's been fun. Absolutely. Cass. And, you know, I appreciate 
your kind words and all that. And, you know, we're definitely going to have to stay in touch. And, you know, I may hit you up to be on another one of these these episodes, these podcasts, Cass, you're pretty good at these, you know? You never know what could happen in the future. But, uh, yeah, dude, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And, uh, yeah, dude, do you have, like, social media you want to plug or anything? Not really. I got got my Twitter, got my Instagram, but it, it's all good. Yeah, uh, follow um, my boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Follow my boy, Eddie Cash Money. All right, dude, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, thanks. Thanks.